it's you that's saying oh i'm Maybe. saying it. yeah okay, because no. i was last what week am i saying welcome back yeah welcome back yeah. Welcome to, welcome, welcome here, to. welcome, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Is anybody out there? Um, <laughs> welcome to M and G Have Tea. I'm M. I'm G. And today we are talking about murder. We are continuing on from last week. Which was conspiracy theory. Yes. So if you haven't checked that out today. It has. Hang on, I have to start the timer. I have to start the timer. <clears throat> oh no. There we go. We're going to talk for ages. I know. We could. Um, Today we have peppermint tea. You finally brought a tea. I did bring a tea. First time in six episodes that you have brought a tea. I was going to say remembered, but you didn't actually remember. No. I did bring a tea, though, and I remembered on my way here. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's a Twining's peppermint tea that you can get from your local supermarket, but that's okay. It's fine. But you were saying before that you don't like peppermint. No. So (laughs) I've made it for you, but I have mine strong. Okay. So I made yours weaker. Okay, great. All right. So I can't remember if I've tried peppermint tea or not before. See, I like peppermint tea. Mm, It makes my tummy feel good. Peppermint. It's okay. It's not like probably my favorite, but like my chai, like me, uh, me and my the trying the chai. The chai, the chai, yes. Yes. Which I still need to bring you when I remember mm. my chai that I like. And I was actually at the supermarket the other day, <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, oh, I really like they had it at Coles, mm. which they've never stopped. Paka, Puka, however you say the name Bless of you. the tea brand. Um, they stock it now. So I was like, oh, I should grab some and then I can put it in my car. And no, I don't know what <coughs> happened. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's tea. There's tea. tea. We have tea. I used to drink peppermint tea um, with mum and dad all the time. Like it's their drink of choice before oh, going really? to bed. No, my parents tea. just have black tea and coffee into all hours <laughs> of the night. So, you know. yes. Well, um, do you want to start with the first one? Well, yes. Okay, sure. And it's a good one to start with because well, he's um been in in a lot of um TV shows and. Media. Media, that's the word I'm looking I was, for. I was looking at you, I was like, is she going to get there? I'm not going to help it. Um, a lot of media things at the moment. Yes. Which I'm not really sure why. Because it's 78. I think because... So it's like, I guess it's like 31 years. But it's not like 30 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that definitely bringing that Netflix documentary out. And then now they're going to do the Zac Efron Oh, it's 20 years, actually, there you since go. he got killed. Maybe that's why. So, um, if you've not been living under a rock, you probably know that we're talking yeah. about Ted Bundy. <laughs> Forgot to mention that little bit there. Um, by now, but if you were living under a rock, you now know Ted Bundy. Um, <clears throat> okay, what have you got here? Yes, side note, yes. I wrote notes this week. Yes, and I know about Ted Bundy. Um, but I haven't, um, got notes on anything at the moment. So he confessed to 30 murders. Um. Which is so many. Yes, but also they think he killed more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you were saying the other day when we were talking about it, it was like a kill a month or something. Yeah, because it's between four years. So 1974 to 1978. Yeah. Which is almost one a month. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I think the only time that there wasn't, there was more than, like, thinking about it that way, more than one a month was the um, high school, or the college. Yeah. Where he did... Um, the two the at two. once. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that was his stupidest, the stupidest thing that he could have probably done at that point in time. Because it just made him... Because then he ran away. Yes. Um, but he also... Doing my research, yes. Um, he also, both of the times, from what I remember, both of the times that he was caught was for driving offences. Yeah. So he was committing all of these murders mm. and then 
got done for mm. driving and they went, oh, BT Dubs, you're the murderer we're looking for, the serial killer that we're looking for. What's crazy to me is that he used his real name with these people. He didn't bother. Um, Ted is an abbreviation, isn't it? Ted is not his real he, name. Ted is his middle name. No, as in like he used the name that he went by. Right. So like in his everyday life, he went by Ted. Ted, yes. And so he used his real name. Is That's all I mean by that. Yeah. I don't think it was his legal name, no. Ted, but no. you know. Um, and he used that and he would be seen talking to women and introducing himself to women as Ted. Yeah. They had a description of him. And yet they still couldn't catch him. No, I know. His ex-girlfriend was calling the cops and saying, yeah. I think this is my ex-boyfriend. I think this is my ex-boyfriend. And uh, the cops were getting so many volume of, such a high volume of calls yeah. that they just didn't have time to investigate every single person. But, I mean, if you have a woman who's consistently calling saying, I think this is my ex-boyfriend, Ted Bundy. Yeah. And it's Ted that he's introducing himself to these women You'd as, think you'd go... Surely you'd... And then, like, as soon as you start looking into it and you find out he owns the car that matches the description yeah. and he's been pulled over and the officer found the ski mask and the rope and stuff in there. Yeah. Like, as soon as anything of that, like, surely there's alarm bells. But that's what's crazy to me about this whole... Ted Bundy. Theodore thing. Robert Bundy. Yes. Theodore. Yes. Um, yes, this sister was his mother thing. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so, I don't know if... Have you read any more into it other than... No. Okay, so his sister got pregnant when she was really young and was going to get an abortion and her parents were obviously like, no, you can't get an abortion. Um, adults of, of some sort of religious faith. Right. And so she had the baby and they her raised parents. the baby. Her parents raised the baby as their child and he grew up knowing his sister, his mother as his sister mm. and his grandparents as his parents. Right. Which is a bit like... How old, do we know how old he was when he found out that his sister was his mother? I actually have no idea about that. Oops. I really don't know. Um, because I think that's what they think... Um, was a very important pivotal point when he found out. There was a out. lot of pivotal points in Ted Bundy's life. So he, because he was a psychopath or a sociopath or whatever you want to call him, I think a psychopath because he was killing people. Um, yes. Psychotic. That, you know, he thought he should be able to get into Harvard Law School. Yeah. And he didn't get into Harvard Law School. And he went to another law school and he actually, like, was failing units yeah. and stuff at uni. Um, and then his first girlfriend dumped him. And I think that that's really important because the rest of his victims from then on looked like that ex-girlfriend. Yeah. With the part down the middle and the dark hair and, you know, being young girls at colleges and stuff like that generally. Yeah. So I think that's, yes. Um, oh, yes, that's crazy that he escaped. I don't know what you want to talk about with Ted, good old Ted. I was just going to let you go off on a tangent again this time. Okay, all right. I can go off on a tangent. That's but the, we were talking about, before we recorded last week's mm. uh, episode, we were talking about Ted. Mm. And we were talking about how crazy it is that he was able to escape twice. Yes. And the first time was he was acting as his... Well, the whole time he acted as his uh, own lawyer, yes. Own lawyer and went against everyone else and what the, like advice they said. Mm-hmm. But typical sociopath or psychopath, yeah. by the way, like that they just believe that they can do a better job than anyone else can. Yes. yes. And it's very, if you've watched the documentary on Netflix. The actual Ted Bundy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when they're reading out his sentence yeah. at that big news media thing mm. and they brought Ted to that mm. purely for publicity. Mm. And they read out his sentence. He said to the cop, I'll have a read of that. As if to say, I don't believe that you've done the correct thing. And I don't believe that you yeah. have uh, a reading correctly. Or He yeah, just yeah. didn't like... And so he had to read it himself to believe what the cop was yeah. saying. Like, I don't believe you. You're, you don't, you're not doing your I job mean, because you're not me. he maintained his innocence pretty much 
the whole way until, like, obviously his confession. Yeah. Um, but other than that... And the only reason they were able to get the confession out of him, from what I understand, is because of the way the interviewer went in there and spoke to him. He yeah. didn't speak to him as, you're guilty, tell me about it. Yeah. He was like, I want to understand it from your... From a... Um, unwell mind mm. point of view. Mm. And... I'm pretty sure in most of that documentary he talks about, Ted talks about himself in third person. Yes, um, which I think is actually quite a common thing with psychopaths is that you can't go in there and be questioning them like why did you do it yeah. or who did you kill or how did you kill them or anything like that. You've got to go in and ask them. So, And if you've ever watched Mind Hunters Mm-mm. on Netflix... Nope would recommend if you love this kind of stuff it's Mm. also based on a true story but they're trying to get into the minds of serial killers and they go in and they ask them like what was it like to watch x guy right and like tell me about your fascination with feet right or like things like that Mm. that it's not like oh you committed a crime it's more like i'm interested to know in your interests yeah right yeah which makes sense because i'm pretty sure another one of the um people that i have tonight is the same thing when he when they were talking to him Mm. they the only way that they could get yeah andre chikatilo Chikatilo. Yes, which is one of my favourite ones. The only way they were able to get any of the details of the killings and everything was when they spoke to him and they tried to understand... They they went in there and they were like, we're trying to understand it from the... Uh, what did they say? We're trying to understand the mind of a killer for a scientific context. Yeah, so then they feel like they're part of a bigger... Yeah, a bigger, bigger thing, not just confessing yeah. to a whole bunch of yeah. murders. Um, but yeah, so the crazy thing to me is that they reckon if Ted Bundy had escaped the second time or even the first time and then had just abided by the law for the rest of his life or even just for a little while while he was in Florida um, he would still be alive yes and would never have been caught no and well, going back to the whole thing, they got caught for driving offences. He got yeah. caught that second time for speeding. So if he hadn't have spared in yeah. the car, he would have been fine. Yeah. I mean, he would have definitely had to probably change his appearance for a bit. Yes. I would suggest. Yeah. But he, the fact that he escaped and then he went on a bit of a, a killing spree. Probably didn't in help. In a sorority house and then was running away from it as the scene of a crime where girls were screaming. Is kind of like, yeah, mm. can't Ted, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it was a bit, you know, come on Ted with all of his stuff anyway. But I don't know. I find Ted Bunny really interesting because he was such an attractive, For his time. <laughs> character. From yes. all reports in terms of, like, I don't think even for his time, I don't think he was like any kind of Brad Pitt or no, anything like not that. No, like, He was just, you know, uh, easy to look at yeah. kind of guy Mm. um but what made him attractive was the fact that he could put on this persona until he got the girls where he wanted them Mm. obviously um and you know he would pretend have crutches in his apartment yeah his girlfriend was like he never explained he could never explain i was like why do you have crutches and he was like oh i've never like i've not injured myself or anything recently and like just all those things just Things like that, and he would wear a sling and stuff like that to make people think that he was not as strong maybe as what he was. Yeah, weak so that people would help him. Mm. I also find it really interesting that he got married and had a child in prison. So this female saw everything on the news, saw everything that was happening and went, no, I'm going to marry him and I'm going to have a child with him. Yes, that is also documented and I used to have a friend who worked in prisons, Mm. in um, psychology in prisons and he was like, we have this one client who is locked up for life, Mm. like he's in, he lives in the prison, when they live at prison for good, they're given like a 
um, kind of like a unit, but like more like a granny flat, I guess you would mm. call it, um, on the site of the yeah. jail. But they have a TV and they have stuff that is theirs, mm. but they can't – it's not like a life, yeah. just to make that very clear. It's not like a freedom yeah. thing and they're living rent-free. They're not – they don't get access to the internet. Yeah. Everything that they do has to be vetted by anyone else, whatever. Anyway, he got married while he was in prison and he has seen this woman once. Jesus. When she was visiting her ex-partner and he was having a visitor, so they went together and then, I don't know, something must have happened and he ended up with her number and they speak on the phone like once a month and she refuses to come visit him. Now, because he is also a sick man, I don't know any details yeah. of like what he actually did because I think that would be a breach of confidentiality, confidentiality. Um, but... Because he is a sick man, he's also on disability pension. Right. So he's earning money while he's in jail. Yeah. Like, and Centrelink disability pension is quite high. Yeah, it is. Um, but he doesn't need any of that money. So he signed over um, Everything access to, to his bank accounts to her. Jesus. And she's just basically getting money from him without ever having to see him, ever having to speak to him, ever having to do anything with him. But that's different. But I think that there are women who there are. are, like, attracted to that in a way. Like, they think that they can change the yeah. person. And well, I think yeah. those women are themselves damaged. But, yeah, I think, like, that's crazy. Imagine being Ted Bundy's child. Oh, I can't imagine. You'd have to change your name. You'd have to. You'd hope that you'd have your mother's maiden name. Well, even, well, then, even then, it's so publicised. So you have to change your name. You have to get something completely different. Yeah. Yes. So, do we want to speak about anything else? About I, I think the bit? last thing that I find funny, mm. not funny, but for lack of a better word, yeah. is the reaction, the public's reaction when he was electrocuted. Mm-hmm. All of the parties and, like, they were all outside the prison and they were drinking and they, like, had music and then it was confirmed that he had gone yeah. and there was like it was a massive party outside the yeah prison because that to me is just a crazy thing to happen is that the public was so outraged by this one person mm-hmm. understandably that they stood outside the prison waiting for him to die yes and i think that ted bundy is one of the most I don't I don't know what word I'm Well he's use. one of the most uh, world famous serial killers. Like Yes, and probably like the one who in modern times has killed the most women. Women, yes. Um in terms of you know, this was only nineteen seventy four to seventy eight. Yeah. Um, and he was executed in 1989, you have here. So, you know, that was only 20 years ago. There's heaps of people who have been serial killers in the past. Uh, this Jack the Ripper is one. Yeah. That's quite an old one. This Louis Garavito killed between 140 to 300 young boys. Yes. Like, um, that's crazy. That's in Colombia, though. Yeah. That's... I think Ted Bundy being in a first world country, killing that many yeah. people. It's the same as, um, what's his face here? Um, Ivan Milan. Is that who you're talking about? The in Backpackers? Australia. Yes. Yeah. The Backpackers? Yes, yes, Ivan yes, Milan. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, Wolf Creek. Yes. Mm. And. Um, oh, and. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer in America. Um, who? who the. Oh, I was talking about him with friends the other night chopper oh chopper reed chopper reed yeah 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 but chopper reed because he was like a de- uh, he was a version of dexter he yes. killed those that he thought had done wrong yes or believed to have done wrong yes. he's a pretty big one i haven't done any like i haven't written any notes on chopper because i forgot about him gage gage once showed me a video of chopper some news reporter 
got given the task of going to interview him mm. and she was there. She it was like one of the first interviews she'd ever done and yeah. she was probably early, more 20s. Yeah. Somewhere in her 20s. And he played Russian roulette with her. He, like, she was asking him questions and he pulled out a gun and he's like, do you want to play Russian roulette or whatever it is that he says? And she says, no, thank you. And he goes too late, spins the... Gun? Whatever the... Like it in oh, the, yeah, yeah, spins yeah. the thing, puts it to his head and clicks it, and it's fine. Spins it, holds it up to her head, and goes, Do you want to play? And she said, No, thank you. And he shot it. And it was like, There was, it's just such a, um, yeah, it's a psychopath yeah, thing to do. It's it is a, someone who's playing with someone, yeah, thing he just do. laughs the whole time, yeah, it's crazy because they are crazy. Anyway, moving on from dear old Ted. Dear old Ted to Jack the Ripper, which I did learn some things about Jack the Ripper. I didn't know that he had never been identified. No, you didn't know that? No. Oh, okay. Right. I knew that he was like a big thing mm. in um, Britain, England, yeah. wherever it is that he's from. Um, but the UK somewhere, yeah. Um, I didn't know that he wasn't. That's why no one ever knew Jack, it. generic man's name. The Ripper, rather than well, he signed it. There's a that's he called himself Jack the Ripper, which they called yeah. him the Ripper or something um, in the news because in he, the news. But he also like that's why he's Jack the Ripper, yeah. rather than being John Doe, Jack, blah 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 the Ripper, which is what we normally so normally if we give serial killers a name, yeah, it'll be their full name and then their name, well, like yeah. that one, yeah. Or that one, yeah. Yeah. So, I and I also thought that he killed for a lot longer than what he did, but he only killed for a year in total. Yeah. And he only killed less than 10 people. Yeah. But it was also at the same time as other murders that I can't remember what they were called. And they there were some murders of some females who were associated with Jack the Ripper, but it was never proved that it was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. It was supposedly these other murders. So the yeah. number, is, number is pretty iffy in there on how many he actually killed. Plus it's quite um, a while ago. Yes. Well, it was hundred. it's been 120 years and they still don't so know who's done still, it. And I think, you know, um, modern law has come a long way. Yeah. Law enforcement has come a long way mm-hmm. in criminal uh, investigations. Yeah. Well, I also he killed female prostitutes. Yeah, and then he the killings were also within a mile of each other, which was really interesting. That he didn't really spread his wings very far. Like you've got Ted Bundy who went across six states or something. I mean, he had to, but yeah, yeah. Um, whereas one hundred and twenty years ago, this guy didn't go further than like a couple of miles from his hometown yeah um i also found it really interesting that he he sort of similar with a which is quite common with a lot of serial killers is that he took his time with them he didn't just grab someone off the street and you oh cat touching the microphone with your tail can i help you charlie um, yes, he, yeah, he did the same. He, like, got to know them before, which a lot of serial killers do. They get yeah. to know them. But I was listening to a podcast, Rhett and Link, the other day, and they were talking about how they went to London and you can do a Jack the Ripper tour. Yeah. And the lady, like, or the tour guide walks yeah. around and goes, and this is where she was disemboweled and this is where she was disemboweled and, like... That was his thing, was that he speci- he focused specifically on their uteruses. Yeah. Yes. Which is why it was suggested that he has an quite a uh, intense hate for women. Yes. Often serial killers who do kill women focus on genitalia yes. or... Um, breasts or mm. something yeah but yeah um mm-mm. no one also knows why the murders stopped they all just all of a sudden within a year just stopped mm. 
No one knows if he died, if he got sick of it, he got sick of the game because obviously, like, he was never caught and they had no idea who he was. Which I can... Looking into it, I can now understand. Like, 120 years ago, of course, you're not going to have any idea who did it. Yeah. But it was just a massive game to him. He wrote a letter, like, one of the first letters that he wrote to the police. Dear boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they looked... I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. The joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I am down on whores and I shan't quiet ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and I want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I've saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so sharp. My knife's so nice. Oh, God. My knife's so nice. And sharp. I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Like it was just this like massive killing. game. Yeah. There was like heaps of letters. Yeah. I also found it really interesting that so it's been 120 years, but in since 2011, police have denied any investigators access to the files as they include protected information about informants and that handing over these documents could impede on any future testimony by modern-day informants. So people have tried looking into it and tried to solve it, but police aren't handing over the files for people to do investigations into it. Yeah. Which is just crazy. I think it would be very hard 120 years later to figure out who it was, especially if it was, like, Joe Blow down the road. Mm. Like, you think of the amount of people that have moved in and out of houses around us. Yeah. Like, there would be nothing left of him wherever he was, so... Yes, this is true, but I think they just kind of wanted to do a bit more investigating into it as much as they could. But I find it really interesting that police are like... You can't have access. Not because it's been so long ago, there's no point. Yeah. But we're just refusing to give it to you because of any future testimonies. I think also potentially in there, I mean, that's a pretty stupid reason, um, is that perhaps there was a bit of a police overlooking of oh, d- yeah, certain things. Probably. I mean, back in that 120 years ago, you oh, had... Oh, you would assume yeah. that. And, you know, even now the police force is not necessarily the cleanest no. that you could have. So I think that potentially it's a bit of covering our own asses as well. Yes. Well, that happens. Mm. Um, moving on, we've got Louis Garavito. Do you know much about him? No, I actually don't know anything okay. about him. Well, I'll do Louis and you can do the next one. Okay. So, Louis... I don't know... It's pretty modern because it's not that long ago because he is eligible for release in 2021. Okay. On good behaviour. Yeah. Right. So he killed between 140 to 300 young boys, which we said before, Yeah. Um, in Colombia. And he was also pretty um, similar to the rest of them where he got to know them. So he would um, – he was generally going for orphans or, like, kids on the street. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going for kids at homes. So he was finding kids on the street that had been separated from their parents from poverty and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he would pretend to be their friend and he would, you know, get to know them. And then yeah. he would um, – I'm pretty sure he he offered them lollies and cakes. He was your – Okay. Creepy man in a van with yeah. lollies and cakes. And sometimes he actually offered kids drugs because obviously they're street kids. Mm-hmm. And if he could tell that they were already hooked on them, he would offer them more drugs. Right. He would then take them back to um, his hovel. Yep. Um, he would tie them up and keep them leashed. So they were on a leash. They could, like on chains, they could walk around, but they couldn't move very far. Right. Um, uh, and he would keep them tied up for days on end I don't 
know if he committed sexual acts or not. I'm not 100% sure. He may have. Um, but then he would, once he was done with them, he would just slit their throat and he would chop them up. And he was getting rid of them in their local towns, like out on the outskirts of their local towns. Right. Um, it was in the space of 54 cities that he, Columbia cities, mm-hmm. that he committed these murders in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a picture. All of these little black dots are the graves that God. he um, buried them in. Right. Um, so he confessed to 140 of these murders. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty of 138, but it was suspected that he there was 172 yeah. in um, that he was guilty of. Yeah. Um, he the the reason he got caught was the way he disposed of the bodies. He wasn't taking taking them out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He was taking them to the outskirts of town and just kind of dumping their chopped up bodies. Right. Um, and. That and would they were very shallow graves yeah. that he buried them in. Right. So they he, I'm pretty sure like someone was walking and they found it or something like that. Yeah. Um, but in 1998, three of the children were found, and the only reason that they were found to be his victims is that those children had spoken to their parents and mentioned a friend that had befriended them on the streets, and they then were talking to their parents about it and they all had the same description. So three of these kids, so they were able to link him to all of these murders right. because of the these street. kids on the street. Right. Um, so he, once he was arrested, he actually um, he confessed immediately, like mm-hmm. as soon as they got him. He um led the police to a mass grave on the outskirts of one of the towns which had 25 children's bodies in it right all in the one grave Mm -hmm. um and then he asked for forgiveness from everyone Mm -hmm. um and advised was talking to everyone that would talk to him and said that he wanted to start a political career once leaving prison and he wants to he plans to start a campaign on a, any given platform that promises to help abused children this was his promise to people right to gain their forgiveness for killing up to 300 young children was that i'm uh, he claimed to be possessed as well okay. so i was possessed i didn't mean to do it please forgive me and when i'm released right i'll campaign for abused children right um he also kept a list of all of the dates that he killed these children. I haven't seen it, but mm. he used to write them down in a notebook. All of these dates. It's a bit gross. The thing that annoys me the most about Lewis yeah. is that when he was sent to prison, which is no longer the case, but when he was sent to prison... Columbia had a law that stated no horrific the crime, the person committing the crime, if found guilty, only has to spend a maximum of 30 years in prison. Right. So he was originally sentenced to 1,853 years in jail, but because of the laws, they uh, only sentenced him to 30. Right. But then due to his good behaviour in prison, his sentence was now has been now cut by eight years and he's due for release or he's eligible for release in 2021. Which is like not next year but the year after. Yeah. So this guy has gone and confessed to 140 murders. There's a mass grave with 25 bodies in it. You know, you've got um, victims' families, you know, confirming that he was the one that did it and all that kind of stuff but because of a law that's no longer current yes he gets released like originally he was sentenced to 1853 years yeah and that got cut down to 30 and then further further by another eight right that was just that was really interesting to me so here it says they were between 18 and I mean, eight and 16 years old. Yeah, light-skinned, soft-skinned, and dumb. Or naive. The bodies were 
beheaded and bore signs of having been tied up and mutilated. Mm. Which means that he did do... Naughty things to them. Yes, as in cut off. Yeah, I do remember reading that he, with a knife, he would... Yeah. Um, while there were... Yeah, some some showed signs of torture and rape. Mm. Which is like... That's gross, pretty gross. It Um, is. It kind of reminds me of Jeffrey Dahmer in some ways. Mm. Um, If you... I don't know who that is. Would you like to talk about him or would you like to talk about dear old Andre first? Oh, you can talk about Jeffrey. Okay. Jeffrey is like one of my favourites as well. You probably do know who Jeffrey Dahmer is. Um, he was called... The name rings a bell. The Milwaukee Cannibal. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you probably do know who he is. Um, he It says 17 men and boys, so not really that many in three years. But he would take boys off the street normally between like 19 to 21 or 18 to 21, so not quite young boys, but like young, young boys, adults. young men. Um, a lot of like prostitutes and you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but the thing about jeffrey Dahmer was that he tried to keep some of them alive but dead Ooh. so sorry so so let Yick. me let me just talk to you about this so he lived with his grandmother he's that one who like would kill while his grandmother was out and then <gasps> keep their bodies in the basement and then his grandmother made him move out because she could smell something Ooh. um so I want to know, so this last, so yeah, he would talk to the boys and start talking to them and then lure them to his house. Um, Standard procedure. He would tell them things like, I'm just going to take some photos of you and I'll give you some money or like, you know, stuff like that. Um, So I just want to find this one. Oh, yeah. And he tried to keep their... um, heads or their bones or whatever so this oh this one okay a 14 year old so no they were quite young actually and i can't say his name conorak synthasomphone jesus <laughs> anyway let's call him connor connor um according to dharma um this boy was a younger brother of another boy who he'd already molested Molested, not murdered. Yes. Um, he approached the youth with an offer of money to accompany him to his apartment to pose for pictures. Um, he was initially reluctant, changed his mind, and then accompanied Dharma to the apartment where he posed for two pictures in his underwear before Dharma drugged him into unconsciousness and performed oral sex on him. Ugh. Then he tries to... So he does that with... He does this with two victims that I can remember reading about. He drills a hole into his skull and injects hydrochloric acid into the frontal (gasps) lobe to try and render him alive but dead. So that he stays alive but he's dead. So before he fell unconscious, he led the boy into his bedroom where the body of 31-year-old Tony Hughes, who he'd already killed three days earlier, lay naked on the floor. So he didn't have time three days earlier so he hadn't disposed of the body yet and this was another body that i believe that other one he tried to keep alive but it didn't work so he was like almost doing like scientific experiments on these these boys um he believed that connor saw this body but he didn't react to seeing the bloated corpse because of the effects of the sleeping pills that he'd ingested and the hydrochloric acid that he'd had put into his skull um, and then he soon became unconscious, whereupon Dharma drank several beers while lying alongside him before leaving his apartment to drink at a bar and purchase more alcohol. So he was like, oh, that's cool. I'll just leave you there. All right, cool. I'm going out. See you later. <laughs> then he comes home and he finds Connor sitting outside <gasps> of his apartment naked. With a hole in his head? Well, I think it must have been like at the side because he's talking. In Lao, with three distressed young women standing around him. 
Dharma approaches the trio and explains to the women that um, Connor, who he called by an alias, was his friend and attempted to lead him into his apartment by his arm. And the three women say, oh, no, we phoned 911. Like, we think he needs some help. Um, And two officers came. Dharma's demeanour was relaxed and he informed the officers that um, Connor was his 19-year-old boyfriend, that he drunk too much following a quarrel and that he frequently behaved in this manner when intoxicated. One of them, one of the women who came and helped him attempted to indicate to one of the officers that Connor was bleeding from his buttocks and that he had seemingly struggled against Dharma's attempts to walk him to his apartment and the officer harshly informed her to butt out, shut the hell up and to not interfere, adding the incident was domestic. Ooh, imagine being that police officer after he got caught. So then they just cover him with a towel, walk him to the apartment and Dharma shows the officers the two semi-nude Polaroid photos he had taken and then they go. The officers later reported having noted a strange scent reminiscent of excrement inside the apartment. To investigate this, one officer simply peeked his head around the bedroom but didn't really take a good look. With the body of another man in there. Yuck. So if he had just gone in and walked around, he would have seen the body, but clearly he's just stuck his head around the door being like, oh, it seems fine in there. Yeah. And then left. Imagine Um, being those police officers after he got caught. Imagine being those two being like, imagine. So Jeffrey already had been convicted of child molestation at this point. So if they'd done a background check on him, they would have realised that he's a convicted child molester. Yeah. And that perhaps this needed some looking into. Yeah. Um, And so then they leave and he injects hydrochloric acid again into his brain and it is fatal and he dies. Um, And then on May 28th, he takes a day leave from work to dismembering the body of, yes, Hughes and um, Connor. And he keeps both of the skulls. Imagine being those police officers, finding out that timeline and going, holy shit, he was alive and talking to us and we did nothing and we didn't listen to that female that said that that was concerned for his safety. Yeah. So then again, he tries, he um, injects boiling water Ah! into this other guy's skull. You scared me then. Ah! (laughs) God. I can't have you making noises like that while I'm reading this. While we're talking about murders. I did see you jump, but I didn't really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, but he used to, like, see the fact that he, this other guy, 25-year-old Joseph Braderhoft, was strangled and left lying on Dharma's bed covered with a sheet for two days. On July 21... Dharma removed these sheets to find the head covered in maggots, whereupon he decapitated the body, cleaned the head, and placed it in the refrigerator. He later acidified his torso along with those of two other victims killed within the previous month. Oh, my God. So he's known to have killed 17 between 78 and 91. Um, 14 were from ethnic minority backgrounds. Nine victims were black. Um, but he's adamant that the race was incidental and it was the body from form of a potential victim that attracted his attention. Uh-huh, okay. This guy's fucked. Yeah, and he, like, in an attempt, yeah, so Dharma injected hydrochloric acid or later boiling water directly into the brain in an attempt to induce a permanent, submissive, unresistant state. So he wanted them alive... But he wanted them not to be able to move or talk or walk or anything yeah. like that. He just wanted them to be alive. Anyway, yeah. So he... How did they manage to catch him? Um, in 1991, he approached three men with an offer of $100 to accompany him to his apartment for new photographs. One of the trio, Tracy Edwards, agreed... 
Um, but he noted a foul odor and several boxes of hydrochloric acid <laughs> on the floor, which Dharma claimed to use for cleaning bricks. Um, and after um, Dharma placed a handcuff on Edward's wrist, and Edward said, "What's happening?" And he tried to Dharma tried to cuff his wrist together. Um, he noted nude male posters on the wall and that a video tape of the exorcist 3 was playing oh my god and a blue 57 gallon drum in the corner from which a strong odor emanated so jeffrey Dahmer used to um chop his victims up and put their bodies into big barrels um of acid yeah so that would be what that was Mm -hmm. um so then he brought a knife out and informed edwards that he intended to take new pictures um and he said i will i'm i will take i'll get naked if you remove the handcuffs and put the knife away and oh this is weird as i'm i apologize for all this reading but i literally have not read about him and his last attempted victim before so Dharma then just turns his attention back to the TV. He doesn't say anything okay. in response yep. to that. Edwards observes Dharma rocking back and forth and chanting. Oh. Before turning his attention back to him, he places his head on Edwards' chest, listens to his heartbeat, and with the knife pressed against his intended victim, informed Edwards he intended to eat his heart. Oh, my God. In continuous attempts to prevent Dharma from attacking him, Edwards repeated that he was Dharma's friend and that he was not going to run away. When Edwards next stated he needed to use the bathroom, he asked if they could sit with a beer in the living room where there was an air conditioner, to which Dharma consented. And inside the living room, Edwards waited until he observed Dharma have a momentary lapse of concentration before requesting to use the bathroom again. When Edwards rose from the couch, he noted Dharma was not holding the handcuffs, whereupon Edwards punched him in the face, knocking Dharma off balance and ran out the front door. At 11.30pm on July 22nd, Edwards flagged down two Milwaukee police officers and they noted that he had a handcuff attached to his wrist and Edwards explained to the officers that a freak had placed the handcuffs on him and asked if the police could remove them. Um... And then he agrees to go to the apartment with the officers where he had tried to just 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 escape from, from and just spent the last five hours trying to escape from. Um, he invites them inside and he says, yes, I did put the handcuffs on Edwards, but he didn't give any explanation. Um, and he made no comment about the knife being brandished as okay so Mueller's one of the officers and Dharma says to him yep the key to the handcuffs is in the bedside dresser in the bedroom and he enters the bedroom and Dharma attempts to pass the officer to retrieve the key himself um and then Mueller notices that there's a large knife beneath the bed, an open drawer which contains sources of Polaroid pictures, many of which were of human bodies in various stages of dismemberment. Oh. Um, and then he fights with the officers to resist arrest. Oh, and then he says, for what I did, I should be dead. Yes, and they had four severed heads in Dharma's kitchen. A total of seven skulls, some painted, some bleached, were found in Dharma's bedroom and inside a closet. They discovered collected blood drippings upon a tray at the bottom of Dharma's refrigerator, plus two human hearts and a portion of arm muscle, each wrapped inside plastic uh. bags on the shelves. Um, an entire torso, a bag of human ho- human organs, oh my god, Yuck. and flesh stuck to the ice at the bottom. Elsewhere in apartment 213, they discovered two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed and preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and three further dismembered torsos dissolving in the acid solution in the gallon, 57-gallon drum. 74 Polaroid pictures detailing the dismemberment of Dharma's victims were found. 
It was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene. So then he was interviewed <coughs> to a total of 60 hours. Jesus. Waived his right to have a lawyer present, adding that he wished to confess all as he had created this horror and it only makes sense I do everything to put an end to it. He readily admitted to having murdered 16 young men since 1987, so 87 to 91, mm-hmm. and then one further bi- victim, which was his first victim in 1978, Stephen Hicks. Um, he was unsure. He has no memory of the murder of one of them, so he's unsure whether he was unconscious when beaten to death. Mm-hmm. Um, readily admitted to performing necrophilia. First removed their internal organs, then suspended the torso so the blood drained into his bathtub. Yuck. This guy's broken. Yeah. Incessant and never-ending desire to be with someone at whatever cost. Someone good-looking, really nice-looking, it just filled my thoughts all day. Which is why he tried to keep them alive. Yeah, okay. Because he, yeah, he... Wanted a friend. And he created an altar, which was like a... (laughs) Of the victim's skulls, which he intended to display on the black table in his living room and upon which he had photographed the bodies of many of his victims. This display of skulls was to be adorned at each side with the complete skeletons of Ernest Miller and Oliver Lacey, which were the skeletons they found. The four severed heads found in his kitchen were to be removed of all flesh and used in this altar, as was the skull of at least one future victim. Incense sticks were to be placed at each end of the black table, above which Dharma intended to place a large blue lamp with extended blue globe lights. Okay. And then the altar was going to be dedicated to myself. It was a place where I could feel at home, a place for meditation and where he could draw a sense of power, adding if this arrest had happened six months later, that's what they would have found. Okay, he's broken. He's very broken. And like, you know, you look at someone, you look at their mugshot and you're like, yeah, they look like a bit of a crazy person. But at the same time, I think he could pass as normal. Yes. Definitely. Like, if you saw him walking down the street and he wasn't, like, yeah. dead in the face and dead in the eyes, yeah, you'd be like, oh, yeah. I'll just keep walking. He's just normal. But, yeah. like, yeah, it's a bit... Crazy. Well, I have a very quick one. Okay. Which I haven't told you about. Okay. It's funny. Okay. It's light-hearted. Okay, so it's For... a good one to end on. Yes. Yes. As light-hearted as murders can go. Okay. Um... But I read it, and it's quite funny. It's an Australian person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't want you to see the photo. Okay. Because it's funny. Okay. So. <laughs> her name was Auntie Thally. Have you heard of her? No. So, Auntie Thally was a nickname that they gave her. Her... Real name was Auntie Carrie. Okay. Um, and she was your dear little old lady. Okay. Who used to be quite a frequent visitor at hospitals and nursing homes. Okay. And she was always walking. People always saw her walking around with um, pots of tea, bickies and some cake. And she was giving them to everyone. She was, you know, there all the time. Yeah. Turns out um, some of those tea and biscuits actually had thallium in it, which is a rat poison, Mm. hence the name Auntie Thally. Okay. She was going to the hospitals of family and friends and nursing homes and she was poisoning them, right? Okay. With her tea and biscuits and cake filled with rat poison. Her reasoning behind the murders was she wasn't fond of them. <laughs> she was murdering her friends and family because she, she wasn't, wasn't fond, fond of, of them. them. Right, who? She was convicted of four murders and one attempted, so she didn't get very far. Yeah. Um, she was sentenced to death, but it was then changed to life and she died in prison. Yeah. Um, people recounted seeing this dear little quaint 
well, she wasn't quaint. She was short and stubby and fat. Mm-hmm. This dear little old lady carrying a tray of tea and biscuits and cake. Right. Not knowing that she was killing people mm. because she wasn't fond of them. them. Now, mm. the picture in your head of Auntie Thally is probably quite correct. Okay. But I've got a picture of Auntie Thally and she's exactly what you thought she was going to look like. Oh, my God. <laughs> this dear little old thing. There's no way you would look at her and go, yes, you're killing your friends and family because you don't like them. No. She's... Maybe we should put this on the Instagram. But Yes. I definitely can. She looks like any grandmother. Yes. Just a standard grandmother, but she just wasn't fond of her friends and family. It was mostly her in-laws that Mm. she... Um, visited and subsequently killed, but uh, she wasn't fond of them. Well, there Auntie you Thally. Auntie Thally, I'm not sure about resorting to murder for people that you're not fond, fond of, of, but I just think that's hilarious. These people, like nurses and doctors and, you know, um, nursing home staff. Yeah. They just see this little old lady who's just doing her bit, yeah. you know. Visiting people who yep. need her. Doing the rounds, giving them tea and cake and bickies. It's just that some of those tea and bickies and cake had poison in them that were destined for her family members. Right. I mean, it's very... Um, Bless her cotton socks. Hmm, she sounds crazy. <laughs> You've got a one... She was old when she committed them. She wasn't young. Yeah. So she's gone her whole life being in air quotations, normal. Yes. And then got to a certain point in her life where she probably wasn't herself far off death. Yes. And goes, you know what? I'm not fond of my friends and family. Mm. I'm just going to... Yeah. Get rid it's of them. very strange. I feel like, though, a, a, I mean, to kill someone else, you've obviously got to be a little bit strange. But, yeah. It's, wow. Okay. The more you look at her little face... The funnier it gets. Yeah. She just, she kind of looks like Dolores Umbridge. She does, doesn't she? She would like a visual, I mean, a, what is it called? A, yeah. Oh, I'm losing my words Description? Today. Yeah, a description, a verbal description yeah. of what she looks like. If you'd like a visual, just check out Dolores. <laughs> Auntie Sally. Yes. They, oh, Auntie Carrie. Anyway, that's a good light-hearted one to end on. That is a good light-hearted one to end on. Bless her cotton socks. Yeah, to everyone else that we've been I know. About. I thought I had. I did leave yeah. that for last because yeah. I figured we were going to get pretty deep down into some yes heavy topics of Not murders, as but deep down into Ted as I thought we would. No, but, but I think okay. it helped. I think um, old mate Jeff. We only went into detail because we googled as we spoke. Yes, and. Um, which, I mean, it's hard sometimes to try and remember. I do remember details of Ted, so I could have spoken about some of those. But I think it's just a lot easier to actually know um, what they did and not to yes. try and, you know, piece it together from memory. Yeah. But, yeah, good old Ted, good old Jeff there. Um, I mean, not everyone that we've spoken about really. Auntie Thelly. She's my fave. Seriously, um, need some help. But, yeah, Auntie Thelly's a bit cute. For a murderer. For a murderer. As far as murderers go, you couldn't ask for <laughs> a more lighthearted way to finish our episode off for this week. Did you finish your tea? No, I haven't. It's cold now. Cold yes, peppermint tea is not I good. Know. Well, I don't know. It's, I, I can't drink cold peppermint tea. It's gross. I don't mind it cold. It's um, pretty weak though, so maybe if it's stronger probably would be potentially yeah i didn't want to make it too strong for you no that's like that's good Mm. that's like almost hot water with a little bit of a peppermint (laughs) twist twist on it um which is lucky which is lucky Mm. i think i wouldn't like it strong no you've got it it's a fine line between good and strong yeah hmm anyway i think that's us done for today that's quite a long while that we've been speaking for. Yeah. Um, 
apologies to Gage who now has to edit this after he takes me shopping after he takes you shopping yeah he tried to get me to go today but I didn't want to go anywhere today so I said let's go tomorrow and he said is that before or after I edit the podcast (laughs) I said before well so I can try on all of my pretty new things yes yes anyway we're done all right okay well thanks for listening you're welcome if you listened you're welcome you're welcomed i'll listen to you okay well all right great thank you for talking too then you're welcome <laughs> see you later see ya bye